0: Heavenly Father, we uh, ask once again that uh, you and the Son and the Holy Spirit would be uh, glorified in this service. We ask you to so work now during this uh, time of uh, looking at your word, uh, seeking to not only understand it, but appreciate it, love it and uh, embrace it. In Jesus' name, amen. On Sunday evenings, we have been looking at Second Timothy, the Apostle Paul's last recorded words, at least which have survived. They are words I have read that were written by him within weeks, perhaps even within days of his martyrdom, of his being beheaded for Christ. Today's words from 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, verses six through eight, are a personal testimony of Paul. For about 30 years, Paul has been a believer in, a follower of Jesus Christ, and has labored as an apostle of the Lord Jesus. Now that he has come to the end of his life on earth, he gives a testimony concerning his relationship with, concerning his faith in Jesus Christ someone has written in this paragraph of personal testimony, we find Paul looking in three different directions. One, he looks around at the present. Two, he looks back at the past. And three, he looks ahead at the future we will use that insight for our outline, for the points of our sermon this morning. Point one, Paul looks around at the present and this is seen in verse six and I invite you to have a Bible open uh, specifically right now to 2 Timothy four so that you can hear and see verse six. Paul looks around at the present, verse six. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. Paul realizes that his time left on earth Is short. He is on trial in Rome. He has been through his first hearing and he expects to be sentenced to death. He knows that the end is near. However, we don't see here a Paul who is trembling at the prospect of death. His Words here in verse six are words of faith and confidence in Christ. Poured out as a drink offering, refers to the idea of sacrifice on an altar. And what Paul is saying about his death through these words is, Caesar is not going to kill me I am going to give my life as a sacrifice to Jesus Christ. In my life, since I was saved, I have sought to be a living sacrifice for Christ. Now, I will complete that by laying down my life in death for him. When Paul was a prisoner in Rome the first time, he referred to his chains as chains for Christ. Now he refers to his upcoming death as a sacrifice or an offering for Christ, as a privileged laying down of his life for Christ. Notice, notice here Paul's faith in Christ. Here, his testimony, Paul is about Christ. If I live, I live for the Lord. If I die, I die to the Lord. What a wonderful faith. What a firm faith. What an exemplary faith we see here with the Apostle Paul. The word departure in verse 6, the time has come for my departure, is a word that has several meanings. One meaning is to lift anchor and set sail, to untie a boat and set out to see. Paul looks upon his death as a going from this world to the Lord Jesus. He once wrote in Philippians 1, verses 22 and 23, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Paul looks upon his death as a going from this world to the Lord Jesus. The word departure also means to take down a tent. This parallels 2 Corinthians 5 verses 1 through 8, where Paul compares the death of believers to the taking down of a tent in order to receive a permanent, glorified body. Look with me at 2 Corinthians 5, just uh, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1. Paul writes... Now, we know that if the earthly tent we live in, that is our our present body, is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Paul further looks upon death as eventually receiving an eternal, Glorified body. And departure also has the meaning of release from shackles, uh, loosing a prisoner. Paul, in his mind, is not facing execution, he is facing release from sin, release from struggles, release. From suffering. Once again, what a wonderful testimony Paul gives. What a wonderful faith in Jesus Christ Paul has. The end of this life is the beginning of another. The end of this life is eternity with Christ. Freedom from sin and struggles and suffering and eventually a glorified body. A number of years ago I was going through the television channels and I came to a program where a man in an emergency room was having a heart attack not exactly what I was looking for as I surfed the channels. Anyway, the program showed his wife or girlfriend standing there crying and the man screaming, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I do not want to make light of death. Death is our last enemy. But notice with me the stark difference between Paul and that man in the face of death. For Paul, death is going to heaven and being with Christ. No more sin, no more struggle, no more suffering. One day, a permanent changed body. For that man, death is nothing but a horror. Do I have that same faith in the Lord Jesus? My friend, do you have that faith of Paul in the Lord Jesus? Is that our testimony as well? Point two this morning is Paul looks back at the past. He looks back over approximately the last 30 years of his life, the time in which he has known the Lord Jesus. And he does this in verse 7, where he describes his past, someone has said, in three terse expressions. See now verse 7 of 2 Timothy chapter 4. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. A, I have fought the good fight. The image here is an athletic one. Paul says, like a determined wrestler, I have fought the good fight. Like a determined wrestler, I have exerted myself to live for, to follow, to serve the Lord Jesus. I remember reading at one time what a certain athlete did to successfully win a gold medal in the decathlon at the Olympic Games. I read of the time he put in, of the pain he underwent, of the sacrifices he made. Paul says, I have applied myself as an athlete does for his sport to live for, to follow, to serve Jesus Christ. I have fought the good fight. Next, B. Paul says, I have finished the race. Some years earlier in Acts chapter 20. When Paul was speaking to the elders of the Ephesian church, he said to them in verse 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Paul now is able to say, that he has done so. That task, that ministry which the Lord Jesus had given him, that race to be run, Paul has run and finished, and finished victoriously. When a fellow pastor left our presbytery several years ago, I was asked to help honor him. He had spent a good number of years pastoring one of our churches and very much participating in the presbytery. And again, I was asked to help honor him. What could I say? Could I say about him that he finished his race, that he completed God's work among us. Paul says, by God's grace, in deep humility, I can say that about myself. I have also finished the race. I have completed the work. Then C, Paul says, I have kept the faith. Most Christians, I think, understand these words to mean Paul remained in the faith all the way to the very end. He didn't stop believing. He didn't throw off Jesus Christ. He persevered in the faith. While it is true that Paul did That most likely is not how these words are to be taken. I have kept the faith probably means Paul guarded the truth of God, especially the gospel that was entrusted to him. He safely preserved and defended as a good steward the word of God that had been committed to his trust, Paul was faithful in that response. I was on the phone with someone who had helped to found a Christian school and he told me how the school was being somewhat challenged in its teaching of the word of God It was being somewhat opposed. I told him about Paul's phrase here. I have kept the faith. And how it probably means Paul did not forsake, Paul did not bury, Paul did not water down. Rather, Paul preserved the word of God. I then challenged him to do the same at the school. Paul also says at the end of his life, I have taken care of the precious word of God. I have kept it. Are we doing that? That is what we are to do now. Are we? Parents, are you keeping the word of God in your home? Church members... Are you helping to keep the word of God in our church? Whatever we are, are we being good stewards of God's word? Point two Paul looks back at the past, and by God's grace, he is able to testify as a wrestler, I have fought the good fight. As a runner, I have finished the race. And as a steward, I have kept, I have guarded the faith. My good friend Warren Wiersbe, one of the men helping me in our message today, has said it's a wonderful thing to be able to look back and say what Paul is saying here. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have guarded the faith. Sincerely, may God grant us, each one of us, that blessing. Our third point today is Paul looks ahead at the future. Verse 8, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. A Greek or Roman athlete who was a winner was usually awarded a greatly prized laurel wreath or garland of oak leaves it was quite a thing to be the victor. In fact, I have read, many a little town in those days took down a piece of its white wall in order that its son, who had been crowned, might enter the town by a gate never used before. Paul now says that he is going to be given a crown. But his crown will not be a fading crown of leaves. His will be a crown of righteousness that will never fade. But what exactly does that mean? Perhaps it refers to Paul being rewarded for his righteous life for Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Perhaps it refers to Paul being rewarded for his faithful life for Jesus Christ. That seems to be, at least in my studies, that seems to be the majority view for understanding these words. I, however... I'm going to say this, Jesus Christ, Paul points out, is the righteous judge, the one who always judges correctly. Paul says he is going to stand before him, and when he does, Jesus Christ will declare him righteous because of the righteousness of Christ reckoned to Paul through faith. Paul is presently being tried by Rome. Rome is going to declare him guilty. Rome is going to put him to death. But Paul says, Emperor Nero may pronounce me guilty, may condemn me to death, but the Lord Jesus will soon pronounce me righteous in him and welcome me. Righteous, through me you are righteous. Enter into the joy of my fellowship. Hear the testimony of Paul. See his faith and ask, do I have this righteousness of Jesus Christ charged to me? Will I one day stand before him and receive the crown of righteousness and be welcomed into an eternity of enjoying the Lord God? But is that possible for us? We'll see again the rest of verse eight. The end of verse 8 reads, And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. The crown of righteousness will be awarded to all who love and trust in the Lord Jesus, to all who have longed for his appearing. The believer loves Christ and is resting in Christ for salvation. And so the believer looks forward to Christ's coming and has set his or her heart upon it. And so all who are believers, all those who trust in the Lord will also receive this crown of righteousness. I wanna ask again, will you one day find that that is your future? Will you one day be welcomed into an eternity of enjoying the Lord God because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Trust in the Lord Jesus. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus with your heart. Ask him to forgive your sins. Ask him to give you his righteousness so that you can live a life of following him now and have that wonderful, blessed hope of being with him for eternity. In our passage of today, Paul, in his personal testimony, looks at the present and he says, I am about to die I, however, gladly die for Christ. I am about Christ and dying is going to be with him and his gain. Paul also looks at the past and he says, by God's grace, I have guarded the gospel. I have finished the work Christ has given me and I have exerted my life for him. And then Paul looks at the future and he says, I have a crown of righteousness, the righteousness of Christ waiting for me. What a faith. What a testimony. And I say again with sincerity, may Paul's testimony also belong to each one of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you will so work, that what we have just studied in reference to Paul will be true of us and our children and grandchildren for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.